At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. strange phrase. I've always thought of God as a teacher, as a bringer of light, wisdom, and understanding. You see, I think what you really are afraid of is me. Happy Heresies, and welcome to the desert of the real. Heresy shouldn't be this much fun, but it is, it just is. Especially with the latest AB Life. Audio version for thee in this eternal now and in this red pill cafeteria. Ready for the sequel to David Block's Azazel and the Watchers? You better be ready, because David focused this time on the figures of Prometheus and Lucifer. The presentation expanded on the Anunnaki and covered subjects like Atlantis, Norse mythology, and the Bible. Let's take on the Gollum God and all his empty wakes. We need Gnosis more than ever in this age of Hermes, Philip K. Dick world and Gnostic times. The collective and personal human consciousness is collapsing and only the fire of Prometheus and the breath of Sophia will save us. You won't find this high quality Gnostic and Hermetic wisdom or many of my guests and their unique insights anywhere else in cyberspace or even meat space. So please, support in any way you can. And it's not hard. For example, you can simply pledge a dollar or three a month on my Patreon. It really helps and I can use all the help 
as we all do. And as I always say, if you need an entire show but can't support right now, just reach out and I'll be glad to share at no cost. Another way to support, which actually provides you with incredible educational material, is to join the Virtual Alexandria Academy. Have you ever wondered what it means to be a Gnostic? Explore the depths of ancient knowledge with our exclusive online course on Gnosticism and learn at your own pace. Immerse yourself in the mysteries of the ancient world and uncover secrets never revealed before. I've recently added the lessons, Gnosticism and Stargates, and the characteristics of Mary Magdalene. High octane Gnosis for ya. Check it out in the show notes. Other than that, let us to our latest AB Live and let us steal some more fire from the gods. The fire that danced at the end of that match was a gift from the Titan Prometheus, a gift that he stole from the gods who were terrified of what we might do with it were it to fall into our hairy little paws. When Prometheus was caught and brought to justice for his theft, the gods, well, you might say they overreacted a little. The poor man was tied to a rock as an eagle ripped through his belly and ate his liver over and over, day after day. Ad infinitum. All because he gave us fire. Our first true piece of technology. We are the gods now. We wield incredible power. The power to transform, to destroy, and to create again. The question, of course, before us is what the hell are we supposed to do with this power? Or more importantly, one should ask, what are we allowed to do with this power? The answer to that, my friends, is nothing. Rules, restrictions, laws, ethical guidelines, all but forbidding us from moving forward. Well, where were the ethics during the Arabian conflicts? Why are rules preventing us from feeding impoverished cultures? How is there a law that states if we build a man from wires and metal A man who will never grow old, who will never feel the heat of a star or the cold of the moon. How is the creation of such an incredible individual considered unnatural? The answer to all these questions is simple. These rules exist because the people who created them were afraid of what would happen if they didn't. Well, I am not afraid. Welcome, everybody, to AB Live. Uh, Yes, we are still in a world where men have nipples, and you cannot milk those nipples, according to the introduction I said. But Bertie Num Num, it doesn't matter because the Gnosis will take us to places of experience 
and ecstasy and true knowledge and that's why we are here my name is miguel connor and i am still your pompadas of gnosis and happy saint patrick's day for those of you who celebrate you boondock saints uh i am not i don't think i'm wearing green and uh oh that cat my cat just knocked off my, oh the, the cat just knocked off my uh oh boy I might have to jump out. The cat just walked by when it was must be a Scottish cat or something, but just knocked off my uh, my camera. But anyway, uh, yes, I'm not wearing green. And yeah, as soon as I said that, it disappeared. But uh, yeah, after many years in my youth, 20s and uh, 30s, managing and uh, working at Irish pubs, St. Patrick's Day is more of a, you might say, uh, a trauma a little bit because those were some wild times especially especially when you're on the other side of the bar so other than that we are very excited today because we are doing the sequel of a four-part series last time we got some amazing revelations on azazel the anunnaki the watchers and so forth and this time we will be discussing prometheus and Lucifer. Wow. So talk about bringing the the movie A-list, the actor A-list when it comes <laughs> to the occult, but why not? Why not shoot big? For that, we are very excited to have David Block. David, how are you? Uh, it's nice. Thank you for having me. And nice to be back. Uh, busy week, but I survived. <laughs> Cold in <laughs> Sweden, rainy and boring weather. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Uh, here it's uh, it's kind of a, those mixture days. One day we have uh, rain and it's not so cold, and the next day suddenly we get a whole bunch of snow. So spring and winter are sort of struggling with each other, if you exactly. know what I mean. So, um, yeah, and with us too, we've got the Moondog Vance, the hen Gnostic. How are you, Vance? I'm good. I'm fired up for this nice light show for Prometheus and Lucifer. Get it? Nice. You know? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, fire, Prometheus, Lucifer, light. <laughs> Maybe we'll find out why Lucifer got to be the light bringer and then he became the dark bringer. Well, we'll see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's an interesting piece of history, right? David knows that. Yeah. So great. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, yeah. Why don't David talk about, uh, while I try to get my camera working <laughs> and try to find this evil cat, uh, where she is, get her out of the room, maybe, uh, give a little, uh, summary of your last presentation and yeah. tell people about where to find your channel. In fact, I'm going to put it up here too, yeah. because so many people asked last time. Let's see where. Yeah. Is. Thank you for, Asking, I have a, a Swedish channel uh, and an English channel. The Eng English channel is uh, uh, Hermes Trismegistus, or uh, and the male is uh, Amphitheatrum Alchemy. Uh, Amphitheatrum Alchemy, a little bit hard word, I, I know. <laughs> At gmail.com. Uh, and uh, subscribe. I will try to put up some more information and videos there. I have had a busy, busy year in Sweden and the last year as well. A lot of lectures in Sweden and uh, more and more people are asking about lectures in Stockholm. 
I will try to have more time uh, to to work with my channel as well. So, so subscribe, and I will try to add movies there and, and esoteric stuff. I will focus on the esoteric, uh, but some conspiracy theories will leak in as well. But my focus is the esoteric. I think that it is the es esoteric method that will save humanity, not the knowledge about the conspiracies. But sometimes it's good to know what's happening as well. And sometimes they are linked together. But my main goal is to lift up my fellow man or the human race. Because I think we need it. Or I know we need it. And uh, this this uh, part are going to, going to be, a part, a part, be uh, about that. And of course, Lucifer permits is all about the spark and the fire to ignite the spark within man. And that's, that's the main uh, part of this lecture as well. I'm going to talk about history and so on, but really this is an archetype within us as well. Uh, and the, the date and the years when, when things happen is not that important. But I will try to give you a timeline, but don't miss the uh, uh, the main part. And the main part is that these forces are playing in, play, are playing out in, or in us as a species, and are in full show today as well. Uh, we are just going in circles, and these forces and these struggles will always be with us as a race, and it's something we have to uh, to transform or to overcome, uh, that's the main, main, that's the most important part of this. So please don't get caught up in, in dates and, and so on. The history of it, it's good to know, but we can only speculate when we come to history as well. So. Agreed, agreed. Uh, again, as I mentioned earlier, it's about the experience, the release, the ecstasy, the, uh, mm -hmm. the the bliss that you get from these things. And yes, for the audience, I will have it on the show notes, the uh, YouTube channel. It's uh, called Hermes Trismegistus, but I'll have the, the address itself. So check out and check out uh, David's work on the site in English. Um, yeah, other than that, before we get started, a couple of quick announcements. And uh, since I made it public today, we the Astronosis Conference is coming. The sequel will be here at the end of June. Part of it will be on John the Baptist Feast Day, so we can all lose our heads because the topic this year will be the Archons. Uh, it's officially called Meet the Archons. So it's June 23rd and 24th at the Theosophical so Society in Wheaton, in Illinois. Truly an amazing place that I have been many times and has some uh, spiritual energy that will uplift you. Uh, a campus with a lot of uh, choices for meditation, prayer, and other spiritual tech. A, a library that's to die for with some amazing tomes and just a very cool place. So that will be there. Uh, get your tickets now. Uh, right now, if you use the code surprise Archon, you get 20% off as an early bird. And those will go up probably at the end of uh, this month. And uh, our guests are incredible. As the keynote, we will have April DeConnick, 
whose work on Gnosticism is unparalleled, Richard Smoley, who has written for decades on uh, the esoterica, but has focused uh, on Gnostic thought throughout history. Sarah Elkaldi will be there to discuss the trickster. Uh, and of course, this will include the Archons. Her presentations and talks are amazing. And my friend Mitch Horowitz will be there to discuss some uh, non-corporal stuff. You know, with Mitch, it's always a blast and it's always unique. Uh, Chris Knowles will join us again, and he will be talking about the ultra-terrestrials and how they are archons. James True will be discussing mythology on archons. We've got Vance. We've got Steven Snyder, who's also going to give us an incredible presentation that he is finalizing. Still working on a few other guests and surprises, but there will be social event, Q&A panels, and much more coming for the astronosis so get it now because last year was huge success and best of all it was a lot of fun the magic happens in the q a's and the hanging out and meeting these amazing people and their insights that you won't get anywhere else so that's astronosis for you and um if you have any questions of course please reach out to me other than that at A.M. Byte, the great shows continue. Uh, next week, we will have Tom Montauk. And if you haven't heard of him, you better, because he just released a book called Gnosis, where he talks about uh, uh, the Demiurge and the Matrix control system. And it's an incredible interview and in how he brings in the idea that the Ark and the Grail and much of alchemy is this technology that's been corrupted by the Archons and is keeping us asleep here at the wheel even today and other great shows alex rivera will be talking uh i will be putting making public a presentation he did on some amazing gods including mithras saturn uh the, the demiurge of course and others uh, and he will bring this all together so the themes continue from this show forward and of course through astronosis so check it out and as always thank you for your support please support so we can continue bringing you these red pill suppositories that crack real good up the rectums of reality and bring so much enlightenment appreciate you being here so why don't we just get started now that i think i'm yes. done the whole uh, housekeeping. Oh, and of course, sorry. And then I will shut up because I'm sure you're getting tired of listening to my, my dribble. But if you have any questions after the presentation, as always, question marks, cap, all caps, and uh, there's no guarantee that we'll get to them. We will definitely try. We will do our best. But if you have a super chat, we will make sure that you get your question or if you have a complaint against us of course super chat your complaint we believe in free speech here um other than that yeah why don't we get started david yeah all right part two prometheus has fallen and um this is about lucifer and um prometheus is a mask of lucifer Lucifer has many masks, and you can argue that Azazel is one of his masks as well. And there you have the connection between Lucifer and the Watchers, because Azazel is a Watcher, a fallen angel, or what you want to call them. Uh, and 
Lucifer has a very big part in this saga. And uh, for, uh, Lucifer is the one I have ha had connection with most of them. Uh, so I will try to do this justice. I will try to do him justice. And some of this doesn't come from me, but from Lucifer himself. Uh, but that doesn't mean that I know everything because you have to connect the dots and they are sometimes very vague. But I would try to make him justice. <laughs> sometimes he'll leave you a bad review on Yelp or Google, right? <laughs> he'll give you two stars. <laughs> that would be horrible. <laughs> Lucifer would be a very good help for me and a very good friend. Uh, it's not one you think is or is sometimes referred as an androgen. And I will try to explain who is and what is all what what he's all about. But he has many masks, and I'm going to talk some about some of them because to, if you know some of Lucifer's mask, you also masks, you know also uh, what is happening and why. Uh, yeah, next slide. So I want to make four statements before I start the presentation. That these statements are a premise before the presentation. Uh, so we can set the stage, so to speak. And in this Anunnaki gods, you have you can say you have four distinct groups. And we discussed them in part one. You have Enlil, and Enlil is also religion, the Abrahamitic religion, Semitic religions. Is Jehovah, Yahweh, and you have Enki, and Enki is referred to as the devil by the Enlil line, of course. And you have Marduk, and Marduk is another line, and Marduk get, get uh, the main role of the gods, the younger gods, by defeating Tiamat, and you can say this is also an archetype in man. So you have Enlil, an archetype in man, you have Enki, an archetype in man, and Marduk, an archetype in man, and you have Ishtar. And Ishtar is Enlil's daughter, but Ishtar is more of a rebel daughter. You don't know really what you have her. It's just loose, and you cannot trust her. She can change side. She can go over to Marduk's side, she can go over to Enki's side, she can go over to Enlil's side. So you you have to, <laughs> you don't know what she's about all the time. Like a runaway teen daughter kind of thing. And you can see these four archetypes in man. Uh, if you take the first category, beliefs, and, and Enlil is, is, is about collectivism, but Enki is about individualism, and Marduk is about individualism under restriction. And Ishtar is about individualism. And mental state here, you have Enlil follow authorities. Enki self-reliant. Marduk, esoteric oligarchy. Ishtar, self-reliant. Outcome, Enlil, restriction. Enki, freedom. Marduk, freedom under restriction. I'm going to come back to what I mean by that. Ishtar freedom. So we can see this in our fellow man. What, what is 
playing out today in the open. The one who follows authority, I think is very important with society rules and to follow them. That's endly line, the collectivistic collectivism, follow authorities, restriction to hold back. And you can see the person who doesn't obey or question things end up in the Enki archetype. There you find individualism, self-reliance and freedom are very important things for them. So you can see these four archetypes playing out in man. And you will see these archetypes playing out when we are talking about what happened here. Because these archetypes are coming and coming in different ages and are playing out in this uh, circular timeline. But we can break free of it. But it will always come back to these forces on a mental battleground, if you, if you will. Next slide. And the other thing is the idea of reincarnation. And this is important because otherwise it doesn't make any sense of what we are talking about. The same character, gods, titans, demigods, heroes, and humans will come back. Nothing really dies. You die, but you are reborn again. New body, maybe new name, but come back. So if you kill a god, doesn't mean the god is dead. It means for now it's dead. It can come back with a new name and a new kind of role to play. Similar role, but a new role. And that goes for you humans as well. You can uh, use a steric method to get uh, a reincarnation you can remember. So you can remember past lives through esoteric method. That means you can continue with, with your uh, what you did uh, the last time around. So you can have uh, like plans for generations to come. If you know that you can start it all over again in your new life. And I think that was a given before in, in uh, Nephilim or the upgraded humans and they didn't like. Because if you live hundreds of years and if you can remember your past reincarnation, then you can plan for the future and you become a mighty man, a, a man of renown. Next slide. Okay, here we go. I'll be right back. I, I gotta let another cat out. Go ahead. And the third thing, very important for my <laughs> presentation, is the Kardash scale. And it's about civilization technology and what type of civilization we are in. And in this scale, they are measuring the amount of energy used. And the civilization are able to use. If you're a type one civilization, is able to access all the energy available on this pl planet and store it for consum consumption. But a type two civilization can directly consume the energy of a star. And I argue that we have had such a civilization here on our planet before. And that was during the time of Atlantis. And this is very important because what I am saying is that the technology was, was very powerful and uh, 
the outcome will be quite devastating. Uh, and uh, I think technology destroyed Atlantis, not a, a comet or something, because I think the technology was that advanced. They could have defended themselves against comets and, and stuff like that. Uh, so I argue that they destroy this civilization with technology. And the gods and the wars between Titans, Olympians, the North mythology, the, the Vedas are talking about this period. Let's, uh, next slide. And now about the timeline of Atlantis. And of course, this is just a guesswork. But I think maybe Atlantis started 20,000 years BC. And I think it ended 12,000 BC. Or rather, 10, no, 10,500 BC. Sorry, sorry. 12,500. Uh, and the Golden Age, and uh, the end of Golden Age then it, it became harder for the Titans or the Watchers to take physical form on the material plane. So this uh, time when they can take physical fo form on, on this material plane comes and goes. Depends on how the star is aligned in the heavens. I argue that 16,000 BC, right rule goes over to Marduk, Zeus, a demigod. And this is very important to understand that he's not a god, he's a demigod. If you miss that point, it's hard to understand why this Zeus character seems to be not that bright. <laughs> it's not <laughs> all-knowing. He does he make mistake. He seems to be foolish. He seems to be corrupt. Right. It's because he's half human, half god. And in the Anunnaki text, of course, the Anunnaki god ain't that nice either, even though they are no. gods. But Marduk is half Anunnaki, half human, and make mistakes. And he cannot see that far in the future or in the past, as, for example, Prometheus. Because Prometheus, Lucifer, is a titan. Mm. He's a totally different being. Uh, 13,000 BC, Prometheus and his sons join Zeus. And I would argue here that it's a kind of an infiltration. Uh, but they are much more than this. And I will try to explain it later on. What happened? And this is in the text the, about the, the Greek myth. Uh, I would argue that Marduk Zeus becomes corrupt by power. You want to take control of the stargates and technology mm -hmm. made by Prometheus, Poseidon, Atlas during the Atlantis era. And here is one thing many have missed, I think, and that is Poseidon Enki is father to Marduk Zeus. Poseidon is father to Zeus. 
And maybe it's deliberately, or maybe it's just a mistake, or maybe sometimes it's hard to, you know, compare myth because they don't overlap always. <laughs> sometimes you have to. But that's right. an important part here, and I think I can make it work in in a logical way. Twelve thousand five hundred BC war breaks out. And I argue that Atlantis went under ice. And the reason for it, I will come to. And I think the answer is in the nor north, the Asa myth, about the Asa mythology, the nor north myth about Thor Odin. And I will try to explain it here and make this different stories become clearer. Yeah, next slide. So this is the premise. This is, you have to keep in mind through this presentation. Now we come back to these four archetypes in man, because these four archetypes are also different religion and esoteric paradigm, paradigms. And as I said, if you follow Enlil, you are a Semitic religion, you are a religious person, like Christianity, Islam, and then it's really Jehovah or Yahweh. If you follow Enki, you are a Luciferian. Then you are on left-hand path, an, an esoteric anarchy, in brackets. That is to say, you don't have to join a specific group. You can become more, you can transform yourself through your own work. And that this this knowledge should be free for all and not bound up by esoteric organizations uh, that choose who's going to have access or not. That's the reason why I say esoteric anarchy. And then you have Marduk, Marduk, race of Marduk. There you find Mardukites, Freemasons, OTO, Thelema. Now I'm not, I'm not saying that all Freemasons and OTO members are evil <laughs> or that no one shares information because they do. So they are uh, like, you can, this is, doesn't, don't take them for like dogmas. <laughs> no. They are good Freemasons, so don't get me wrong. I like Manly B. Hall, I like to read his books. Oh, yeah. Robert Sullivan's book is great, Royal Rock Freemasonry. So, yeah. Ishtar is witchcraft, like Bicca. And uh, these four archetypes, you can also find them in religion aesthetic paradigms. People or, who search for rules and, and regulations and collectivism uh, also draws to religion. And of course, if I have to choose here, I, I am an Enkiist. But that's a little bit a simplification, so I will make it a little bit deeper here. Because <laughs> you can have different ideas even though you're an Enkiist or if you're a Luciferian. Next part. So let's say you you are in the archetype of Enki Luciferian, then you can have different goals. And you will find these goals in these people. And you can say that my goal is to end the reincarnation circle. 
I have it in brackets because it's not really, really the Luciferian way here. <laughs> <laughs> but what they are saying is this. Yes, we recognize your free will. So if that's what you want, and if you want our help to do it, we will do it. But if you ask us, we think it's foolish. But we are not the Marduk. We recognize the freedom in the, in the human race to right. choose and be free and be self-sufficient. Some of, of the Luciferian will say that I want to become a, become a god on the material plane. And thus, the watchers like that idea, because what they want is to become gods with you here on the material plane. Mm-hmm. But as I said, they respect your free will. If if you want to break the reincarnation, certainly go back to source. Okay. And the third option is become a god in a metaphysical realm. And this sounds very esoteric, and it is. It's like saying that you can create your own uh, realm in the metaphysical and become your own god there. When your body breaks down, you have created your own matrix reality where you are where you are your own god. And this free option you will find in a Luciferian. And uh, next slide. I call this part peace and war. A little more of this timeline stuff, and then I will <laughs> go away. We have this uh, different ages. So from uh, 10,800 to 8,650 BCE, the age of Leo was the astrology sign. And then you have Cancer, Gemini, Taurus, Aries, and age of Pisces. Now, the age of Leo, age of Cancer, and age of Gemini, we know very little about. But what happened there? I will give you an answer, but it will be a little bit, I will take it later on, but remember that. Uh, what's important here for now is the age of Taurus, because age of Taurus started 4,350 BCE and ended 2,200 BCE. And that's endless first period to reign after the flood. Yeah. And the age of Aries from 2250 BC led Marduk's first pair to reign after the flood. So it became a Pax Romana, Anunnaki here, <laughs> after this. It is to say, your age to rule Enlil is under the age of Taurus from 4350 to 2200 BC. And that sounds silly, but there is a logic to it, because if you're going to restart the civilization, then agriculture will be the first to start. Because after agriculture, then you can start civilizations. But agriculture is a given. And as I said in the part one, Enlil is a farmer god. His line is farmer gods. And you, you have the shepherds, Marduk and en- Enki's line. 
forestry need or agriculture. And when you have agriculture, you have a surplus of food. And then you can start to create civilization from there. Food is a given, but with it comes uh, famine, comes um, pestilence, uh, comes all kinds of problems as well. And one problem is that civilization and humanity increases in number. And when humanity increases, then there will also be a push to control the masses, how many people they should have. And this is a problem because then the, the question of sacrifice come in when they, when they deem that we are too many. Yeah, next slide. In part one, I mentioned, mentioned Sargon, Moses and Cain. And we have two possibilities here. And it was a lady who, uh, who mentioned one thing, and that an important thing. I don't know if I made it very clear before. But the idea here is that Sargon or Moses was there to usher in the age of Arias. And that's the reason why he had horn in Michelangelo's statue. He is there to usher in Moses' age. <laughs> so it's Arya's age or Marduk's age. Mm -hmm. and when he come down from the mountain, they are worshiping the bull. Enlil's age. Hey, wait, we're going to go <laughs> changing age here, oh. guys. And he get pissed off, of course, and a horrific scene. But we have two possibilities here. One is that a coup is staged because uh, in one source, they mentioned that this Sargon lived, re really lived 3750 BC. Then it's a coup taking place because Arius is supposed to be in two, begin 2200 BC. But if Sargon, Moses is the same person, 2300 BC, then he's a little bit fast on the trigger, but he's still in reach of, of 2200, it's like 100 years from the supposed shift in ages. And you can say he tries to, uh, to usher, in, usher in the new age during his lifetime and does it a little bit too early. Therefore, they have the right to, to worship the bull or Enlil age, Enlil's age still. And that's a story about this Mount Sinai or the Ten Commandments and Moses story. And now you, you can start to understand what they are trying to say there in the Old Testament. And there's one more important piece here I want to mention. Next slide. And that is, of course, uh, that uh, you have uh, uh, these Ten Commandments is uh, an elite construction. You can take the next slide, Miguel. Okay. The Ten Commandments is an endless construction, it seems on the surface. Like Ten Commandments, this you have to do, or otherwise you will be punished. There are rules, regulation to hold your back. It seems to be a Jehovah 
Java construction. But this is what Azazel said, and this is very important. The Ten Commandments is a coded esoteric message planted there by the watches for you to decode under the demiurge and archon's praying eyes. If it is revealed, it becomes a powerful esoteric message and method. So this war over the Old Testament goes both ways. Mm -hmm. They can stuck in esoteric secrets there under the nose of this demiurge for you to decode. And when you do, you see a totally different message in the Old Testament. So to cast out the Old Testament to say it's an endolite construction as a huge uh, mistake. If you decode it and try to understand it, you will find very deep esoteric meaning in it. So this infiltration goes both ways. Uh, and if you view the Old Testament as an Enlil Jehovah construction, there are coded messages the other side have put in there for you to decode, for you to empower yourself under the Demiurge's eyes. Hmm. So don't give up on the Old Testament. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a lot of Sophia in there. In fact, Sophia is literally yeah. hidden in there. <laughs> yeah. And there you have it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, next slide. <laughs> and Lucifer is talking about different ages, and this is very interesting. And he mentioned the fact that we are in the fourth age, the fourth turning. And he, according to him, we are in Kali Yuga right now. This is the age of uh, darkness and destruction, violence, violence. After the dark age, he says, the age of violence and darkness has passed, that we would then return to the golden age. We are quite close, but it will be strife. It will be a hard time ahead. But that's it always be like that, always be a hard time before an a golden age ends or starts. And Lucifer states that man is going to begin to open up gateways, tunnels through space and time. This is already going on. It's going on magically, it's going on scientifically. And there you have it. And uh, it's maybe quite discomforting, but the elite have technology, very powerful technology, and they are very close to the technology level they had during the time of Atlantis, I would say. So the fifth age is the golden age, and maybe it is the age of Piscis, 2150 we're talking about. But Remember, this date ain't exact. <laughs> of course not. It's not like <laughs> New Year's Eve and you can fire up some firework and then you enter Golden yeah. Age. Give or take 100 years plus or minus or maybe more, but we are quite close. That's, that is his message, not mine. 
and you live in a very important time and you are very important. Because you and me are going to usher in the golden age. Cannot be passive. Next slide. So back to Atlantis. And please uh, bear with me a little bit. I'm going to deepen the, the, uh, the presentation before with new layers. So it's, we peel it like an onion. So we are coming back and we will address some of it again, but in a more deeper way and answer some question I'm, I'm sure some people have had. We have some main character in this Atlantis saga. Of course, the ones, the gods who started it was Atlas, Prometheus and Poseidon. And one thing, important thing to understand is that Poseidon is really an Anunnaki god, an older Anunnaki god, and it is Enki. And Marduk is Enki's son, and Marduk is Zeus, and Enki is Poseidon. So what is happening here? <laughs> it's a war between father and son in some ways. And this is nothing uh, new because in the Sumerian mythos, myth, these Anunnaki gods are raging war against each other all the time. <laughs> but here you have a father-son war going on. And this is also one an answer to why Prometheus uh, turns to Zeus and try to make peace with him. <laughs> because what Prometheus think that Marduk should be on their side. Sure, he's the Olympian gods, the Olympian god king, but they are really a mixture between Enlil Anunnaki gods and Enki Anunnaki gods. And Prometheus think that Marduk, Zeus, is on their side. Or he would go over to their side. But he's hardly mistaken because something has happened in Zeus. He has got corrupted because of the push of the force of the material plane, all the temptation. And this is also very, uh, it's a, it's a very, important story for esoteric people who try to transform themselves, what kind of a, uh, pitfalls they can fall into. Pride, uh, think they are more than others, start to um, get want money and power and <laughs> prestige. <laughs> and I think that's the, the, why I am not into this uh, Marduk uh, Line because I think if you start a esoteric organization, organization and you start to be about money, power, uh, political, uh, then the corruption will creep in. Doesn't mean that every one of them are corrupt, but I think in the end they will start to uh, conspire against human race instead of being uh, a part of it. And I think that is what, what has happened today and happening. Uh, so I think the best way to do it is to have this information open for all who want to have it, not a chosen few. 
otherwise it will be used for bad purposes. It will be corrupted. Other gods involved in this Atlantis is Kingu, and Kingu is Belial. It's the same person, same titan watcher. And this is important, very important when we come to the North mythology. I will come back to it. And then we have, of course, Marduk, Zeus. Mm -hmm. This is the main character in this story about Atlantis. Next slide. So here we have them, and they have different ideas, different agendas. And Zeus have the right to go and question by Enlil, but Enlil is in the background in the start of this Atlantis story, but he will come in the end. He's a demigod, becomes corrupted during Atlantis period. As a son of Enki, he have an interest to keep the Stargate open, Stargates open, but the Stargate should be under control to keep out the Titans and Watchers. At the same time, have them open. No, mo no mortal should gain access except for a chosen few. That's, that he, is his uh, goal. And to, to keep the Titan and Watcher uh, at bay, at the same time he has the Stargaze open, is harder than you'd think. And of course, if you if if you choose if you're an Enkiist and you have to choose between Enlil and Marduk, you choose Marduk because it takes you one step closer to get access to the material plane. Mm -hmm. So they are much closer to each other than Enlil and let's say Marduk. Next slide. And then we have the main character, Prometheus. Lucifer, and he's a titan, a watcher. And watcher, yeah, you can have it in brackets, but as the uh, as a mask of a sasal, you can say he's a watcher as well. His goal is to steal fire from the gods to give it back to humanity, the spark or lux corporalis, allied with Enki, a common interest between them the Stargates, fighting Enlil and Marduk, Zeus. Enlil want to close the Stargates. Humans will be trapped in the material matrix, Earth under him. Marduk want to control them under a chosen few, an elite. That makes them his enemies, both of them, because he wants them open all the time. And for humanity at large, or all humanity, to have access to them. And he considered it to be our birthright to be able to travel the stars. Not controlled by your shoes and few. Not entrapped by Enlil and closed off from the stars and for, for, from the bigger cosmos. Next slide. 
Then you have Enki. Enki Poseidon. Poseidon is the name in the Greek mythology. But it is the same person. Enki fight to keep his stargate open. And his stargate is serious. In order to have access to the material world. Marduk is his link to the material plane. When the time is right. Because when the star shifting position. The stargate is closed or open. And also it's very important to have access to technology. But you can do it also from within. You are a stargate in a way. But technology uh, have, uh, is important for, for Marduk and Enki. But, <clears throat> but um, for Marduk it is more important. And we can see this later on after the deluge with the Tower of Babel story. Well, the Mordukites tried to, to build this Tower of Babel, a stargate. Yeah, next slide. And then we have Belial or Kingu. And this is very interesting, uh, keeping him in mind. Uh, technology and DNA is his thing. He's talking about DNA a lot, the human DNA, and the importance for you to ignite it or turn it on, and that you have 22 strands of DNA shut off. And the Luciferian or Prometheus flame or spark of fire is to ignite this dormant DNA within you. Mm -hmm. That's the spark, that's the fire he stole from the gods to give mankind, to ignite, to transform. And Belial King state, your ascent requires destruction for your kind are the great destroyers. I take that again because I will come back to it later on. Your ascent requires destruction for your kind of the great destroyers, Belial state. And Belial Kingu fighting Enlil and Marduk Zeus. And here's the reason why I talked about reincarnation circle, circle, uh, circle before. It's because he had already fighting Marduk as <laughs> Kingu. And in that Sumerian myth, Marduk defeated Kingu. But it says we have Kingu's blood within our veins. That means that you can always access the watches through your blood DNA. They cannot shut them out and cannot keep them out but they can make it harder for you to get access to them they can keep them farther away from you and one way to do it of course to shut down the stargates or close off planet earth from outside and that is exactly what Enlil Jehovah want because he wants to keep his power he is the demiurge this is its material prison. 
you can also say that Marduk is the demiurge. Because uh, Marduk or Zeus have become corrupted by power and he starts to control his technology and the stargates as well. But his idea is that a chosen few among the humanity should have access to the stargates. But not humanity at large, not humanity as a family, not you. And that's a problem, according to me. Because corruption will, will come in. And they will use it against you. And they will say that, yeah, the stargates, we should open them, but under the nose of humanity. And we should use this technology. And they will not know the difference. That's very, very dangerous because the gap between the chosen, so-called the chosen ones and humanity will just increase. And yeah. in the end, they will start to feel they are a part of, you, of the human race and start their own agenda and their own uh, yeah, business and, and black budget, budget projects and so on and so forth. Next slide. So Prometheus or Lucifer stated I existed, I exist, I will never cease to be. All that is around you can be called temporary or illusory because it all eventually shall fall. But I, I live forever. I am immortal. I am Lucifer. He will always exist. They cannot shut him out. They can make it harder for us to access him. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. He exists and you can contact him. You can. Uh, and they want us to have contact with them. The biggest weapon Demiurge have is to call them evil. And they are the one who hurt the human race. And they are good. The Demiurge and Lila are good. The Christian God, they are God. They are good people, and follow rules. Wait for Jesus, and then they die and come back. Nothing happens. They will not transcend this demiurgic prison. And for the most part, it is a mental prison for our mind. Mm-hmm. And Lucifer has stated that our medicine, our, our weaponized against us, the music industry are weaponized against us, our school system are weaponized against us, everything are aimed at us to keep us down, to shut us down. Religion is there to keep us down, to tell us that we are useless or bad people or sinners or whatever. So for the most part, this demiurgic prison is a mental prison. But there comes time, it come, will come and go time uh, windows where it's easier to get access to these forces. And sometimes it will be harder. And of course, this 
is something Prometheus Lucifer knows. And Prometheus is a mask of Lucifer. And one more mask of Lucifer, very important, is uh, Janus. Janus is also a mask of Lucifer. And Janus have two faces. One can see the future mm -hmm. or foresight, and one can see the uh, past. And also, he can see in the metaphysical realm and also in the material realm. And Marduk, Zeus, a demigod, knows that Prometheus Lucifer can see the future because one of his masks is Janus. Therefore, he imprisoned Prometheus on the Caucasus mountain and let an eagle pack his liver in order to see what Prometheus can see in the future. Because he's a demigod, he's not as powerful as Prometheus Lucifer. And he does mistake, he, does, he is foolish. And Prometheus knows this. So Prometheus has this foresight, he has this plan, and it comes in stages. I will give it to, to you here. The world will end. Fire will end the world, and water will start a new one. Enki will save his bloodline, Noah, from Endil or Zeus. I will plant a spark in Nama, Noah's wife. Nama is also Lilith the Younger. Marduk Zeus are going to open the stargates again after this war. It will take us one step closer to the material plane again. Zeus want to know what Prometheus know and punish him for, for stealing fire from the gods or Lux Corporalis. To plant it in Nama, Lilith the Younger, and this Nama is, uh, on, the, is on Noah's Ark. Mm -hmm. That's how they survive, or this spark survive after the, the, the deluge. And Prometheus know that Enki have an interest to save his upgraded dragon blood, the Nephilim. Because it's the Nephilim. Enki's upgrade bloodline is Nephilim. And the Watcher have planted a spark within the race of Nephilim to upgrade them further. And because Prometheus know that Enki's interest is to save his race, he plant this spark and let Poseidon save Noah. And I will come back, I will come back to that again soon. Next slide. So we have some uh, different um, ideas about ages and the Indians are very interesting. Uh, they are talking about five sons and a sacrifice. And the myth goes like this. Yagars, a hurricane, fire, rain, and the flood destroyed the first four sons. After the four sons was destroyed, the god gathered to choose 
of God be to, uh, to become the new son. A boastful and proud God offered himself up for sacrifice. So this sacrifice is bound by uh, right-hand path or uh, to um, hold back. Religion is talking about sacrifice. It seems to come with a sacrifice to hold back. To hold back humanity requires some kind of sacrifice in the beginning and in the end. It's like an energy bubble growing because they have shut down stargates. The energy has nowhere to go. Mm -hmm. so in the end, this sacrifice needs to take place. And the agriculture I talked about earlier, the endless. If you keep this long enough and humanity doesn't progress, they are still in this agriculture prison with a lot of food, then the prison will be overcrowded in the end. And then the sacrifice starts or the war or the deluge or the end of a, a sun age take place because it has to be like that. No choice. If humanity is held back, this will be the outcome. So if you say Enki are evil, well, I think Enlil are evil because th this is the outcome of it. Uh, fire and rain destroyed the third world, and the flood destroyed the last one or started the last one. And I will argue that it started the last one, the flood. Fire and rain ended the third sun. Oh, so, uh, yeah, the fire. Fire and rain destroyed the third world, and water started the fourth world, I will argue. Yeah, next slide. So in the North mythology, you have a character, a god named Tyr, and a wolf called Fenrir. And this Tyr sacrifices his right arm in order to keep Fenrir in chains. Right arm, sacrifice, body part, to hold back, to keep the sun going. The sun needs to burn and humanity should live in harmony in a in a position of uh, comfort but imprisoned to do the work but in the end it will end up in strife and warfare anyway because the human race will be too many overcrowded and then the sacrifice will start but you can prolong this by sacrifice. You can prolong this holding back face by sacrifice. And they are usually talk about the sacrifice to the sun or to some kind of sun god like Moloch or demon Moloch. And Moloch is also a sun god. And uh, the Vatican have raised a Moloch statue outside the Colosseum in right. the <laughs> Just a note here, uh, because this is not only stories, this is very real. <laughs> I'm not telling you this <laughs> for <laughs> just for entertainment purpose. <laughs> there is a 
a terrible truth to it. Uh, so there's a link between right-hand path, sun worship, and sacrifice. To use sacrifice his right arm to keep Fenrir in chain. And Fenrir is like a huge wolf. It's not like a small yeah. wolf. It's a huge bastard. And uh, <laughs> he will like destroy the world if he isn't in chains. And therefore, to use sacrifice his right arm to keep him in chains in order to prolong the creation or this world we live in, this sun age we all live in. Next slide. And Fenrir have two sons, Skull and Hati. And Skull is the main villain. <laughs> And in the Edda, a poem, Edda poem called Voluspa, and we come to the Swedish name here, so it becomes a little bit hard. I will pronounce them in Swedish, but Fenrir was imprisoned on a mountain called Jöll. Here he waits for Ragnarök, and Ragnarök is the end of the world and beginning of a new one or a new sun age. The end of one sun age and the beginning of a new sun age. And here is waiting to get, get unbound in order to destroy the world. Fenrir and his two sons, Skull and Hati. Next slide. Fenrir was set free by an earthquake, so it's, they say, but there is another truth to it, and I'll come to that. But it was Fenrir's son, Skull, who swallowed the sun. And I argue for technology here. I argue for this. Uh, Fenrir and his son is a symbol for technology. They can turn on and off sun, a, a sun, or to to take energy or to drain energy. And I think they have such technology during the time of Atlantis. And as I mentioned in, in the beginning, this Kardashian energy scale, where you have a type two civilization can use and manipulate uh, star energy. And I argue that Atlantis was such a period. They have access to this technology. And there you have the start of Ragnarök. And the, the Ragnarök is the end of the gods. And this is, of course, the Asa gods, the northern. But it's the same gods as the Anunnaki, the same gods as the Greek gods, different name. Same gods, same story, uh, different name. But more details or other details that the others have missed or in, purposeful or maybe choose not to have it in. I don't know. But that's what, what I that, that is what I think. Uh, next slide. So you have this 
Fenrir or Skull, but you also have a giant called Surt. And Surt was a fire giant. And he had a big sword, brighter than the sun. That ain't bad. (laughs) (laughs) I have some in Swedish here as well, because they are (laughs) lying a little bit. So I want to make make something more clearer. Uh, Surt is the one who kills Freya. Mm. One of the goddesses. And Freya is a god of fertility and stuff like that. And she's and she's hot too. Huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, and I, I apologize for a sort's behavior here, but it's war, you know. <laughs> and yeah. uh, he slashed Freya in two. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> like Darth <laughs> Maul, huh? <laughs> like Darth Maul. <laughs> horrible, but in yeah. war, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And uh, uh, it says that uh, the waves from the after this fight and the fire uh, engulfed the earth, and the ground was shaking, and the water was flowing in. But what I think they are saying here is a little bit more complex. Because if you swallow the sun, first you have, you have a period of ice and snow. But then it will be an interest, interest in human, humanity to start the sun again. And when it does, then the snow and ice will melt. And I also think that the star gates get damaged by ice and snow. Therefore, there is an interest from Enlil's side to have this war between Marduk, Zeus, and Prometheus. And also, there is an interest for Zeus to destroy or take control over this technology they have in Atlantis. They both have an interest to take hold of Atlantis technology and what's going on there in order to control humanity in some shape form and little by to totally control the demiurgic prison is open for a while and he wants it to to come back to a state of enclosure Marduk wants to take back the control of the story at under a chosen few shouldn't be open to humanity at large, but controlled. And there you have it, you modern-day Tom Sawyers. David is tearing down the veils of a harsh reality, but it's also full of hidden divine sparks for our accessing. The Gnosis continues in our second part. Please support this Red Pill Cafeteria for the full show and if you find any value in the content. It will cost you less than a buck per episode and that's a deal of your many lifetimes. The alternative spirituality and philosophy of the Gnostics are more critical than ever in this Philip K. Dick world and Gnostic times. 
but this is our time to shine like crazy diamonds. We high priests and priestesses of Hermes, the god of thieves, and Sophia, the goddess of smugglers. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being yourself, your true self, here in the desert of the real. Hello and goodbye, as always. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.